taking my time to perfect the beat And I still got love for the streets It's the D.R.E. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world Still, hitting them counters in them lolos, girl Still Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me on this wonderful Wednesday show is Scott Reynolds, also from Pewter Report. And uh, Scott, we got to talk about this Bucks offensive line today. I know some people are like, oh, offensive line, but based on what I saw on Twitter yesterday, I brought up the fact that I'm not sure Ryan Jensen's back with this team. And buddy, it was... It got it got pretty violent in those Twitter streets really quick. So yeah. we've got to discuss that today. Alex Kappa, how yep. they replace those guys. What's the deal with Hainsey? What's the deal with Aaron Stinney? The free agent market, the draft class, lots of avenues we can go with this show, and we're going to cover them all in today's. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Yes, um, offensive line play typically is not fun. Just like when the Bucks draft an offensive lineman, especially in the first round, it's not really sexy. It's fun unless we it's, talk about it. Un, unless it's it's uh, Tristan Wirfs. That's the sexiest first round pick, maybe since since Mike Evans. Yeah. For Jason Light, I mean, we're talking about an All Pro right tackle here, and if it's one thing, you know, I, I talked about it yesterday with J.C. Allen. We were talking about running backs on the show. Running backs might be Jason Light's blind spot, right? He just has not drafted running backs well. That that's a position that whether it's Resigning Doug Martin, mm-hmm. signing LaShawn McCoy, drafting the likes of Charles Sims and Ronald Jones and you know Jeremy McNichols and right and, and all those guys, it, it, Keyshawn Vaughn to a degree has yeah. has not been a hit. But offensive line, that's that's really been an area where Jason Light yeah. has excelled. So yeah, especially so after at, the early portions of his of his tenure, you know, early yeah. on there were some, yeah, you know. Later yeah. round picks are always going to have a low success rate, but yeah, he's really right. nailed some picks since then. He right. has, yeah. So we're going to talk about about uh, the free agents the Buccaneers have. Maybe looking at some free agents that if, if some of these guys get away, that the Bucks can reload and replenish uh, the room with, and also some draft prospects that mm-hmm. the Buccaneers might take a look at that could fill in. So it's an action packed show today. You might not like the offensive line discussion, but by God, it within the next hour you're going to love it. Talent That's right. In there, guarantee it uh, for sure. And hey, if you need a little uh, perk up a little bit for today's show, I suggest get one of these Celsius, the title sponsor today, and all the yes. Peter Report podcasts. Got the new flavor today, Scott, in the mail, and I am yeah. amped up. I immediately opened a can Ooh. and tried the sparkling mango passion fruit. What, what did I get right here? Oh, that's it right there. You've got it. I think. Did yeah. I get it? Yeah, that looks like it. I'm telling you. Ooh, look at that. I'll be surprised we'll if you don't right put there. this in your top five. All right. Let me just say that. I'll be surprised. We'll I've got some right here. I poured it. I put some ice in it. Oh, it's really good. Right. So I wasn't sure what to think. Mango passion for yeah, that one through me. New flavor. Bit. It's yeah. I might be my uh might be my favorite, Scott. Like I'm not I just love the flavor of it. And I'm, I'm gonna, gonna dive gonna in tomorrow with some things too, if I'm being honest with you. Find <laughs> out this weekend. But uh, if you're interested, though, there's lots of great Celsius flavors um, that are out there, and you can check them all out. Here's a bunch of them up on the screen here. The Fuji Apple Pear, Wild Berry, Strawberry Guava, Tropical Vibe, Orange, Watermelon. There's more that aren't even up here. You can go to to Celsius.com, look at all the flavors that they have, use the store locator, find out where they are near you. Unbelievable energy drink with no sugar gives you the energy you need, but without the crash that you get from other energy drinks. It's truly terrific stuff. A uh, great way to order it too is on Amazon. Do the subscribe and yep. save option. You can get it coming to your house with uh, with some regularity, as Scott and I do. So I'm rocking yeah, the, the Celsius the pomegranate. Very so, good flavor. Circle yeah, great back flavor. And speaking of the heat, it's picked up a little bit in Tampa today. It's uh, for a while. I was honestly a little bit concerned, Scott. Like it was. It's been a pretty cold winter. I feel like for Tampa Bay standards, talking to the natives here. Yeah. And I was like, is this? Did, did I just get down here in time for all this to change or what? But we're coming back today in the eighties. And so, yes. um, yeah, I mean, it's, you get soft pretty quick down here. <laughs> oh yeah. Lie. There's no doubt. I mean, there's you're no doubt, outside like, and it's 50 and you're like, yeah. Oh man, this is. Yeah. Your, your blood will thin out in Florida, my friend. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Your, your days of being a Pennsylvanian are over. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's talk about this. Um, here, John says, I don't want to see Jensen go, but realistically the other John is right. 
this is the part that we need to emphasize at the top of the show, Scott. Realistically, is where we're coming at this from. We both yep. love Ryan Jensen. He might be our favorite Buccaneer, but we Damn also right. have this responsibility to be like unbiased reporters in this and, and look at it realistically and yep. say, they are tying up money in Donovan Smith. And I get it. It's a more valuable position. That's harder to replace a tackle. They drafted Tristan Wirfs and will pay him eventually. And they may pay him early. Like they did Vita Vea yep. that may not may or may not uh, interact, intersect with the Jensen contract. If they sign him to one, it mm-hmm. would depend on the term and the way it was structured. Uh, Ali Marpet is paid and is probably going to be a lifelong Buccaneer. That's how they uh, that's yep. how they'll consider it now. Anyway, thinking ahead, so you've already got major investments in your offensive line. Even if you're just saying a first round right. pick investment in Werfs, you got major investments there. You can't pay Ryan Jensen. What Ryan Jensen's PFF projection for his contract is 13 million per year now, Scott. When you and I were talking yep. about resigning him, we thought it was going to be like nine and a half, ten. Right. 13 million per year is would make him the second highest paid center in the NFL at 31 years old. And I know he's coming off a great season, but sure. he's played through the last two with injuries. Mm-hmm. He'd be the second highest paid center in the NFL, just barely behind Frank Rag now of the Lions, who was much younger than Ryan Jensen oh, yeah. and was younger last year when he got paid. That is a risky proposition. And he may get that money out there from a team like the Bengals or the Steelers or the Dolphins or the Bears yeah. who are desperate. For that kind of a t- the, the the cultural transformation of their O line, et cetera, et cetera, but the Bucks cannot be the team to give Ryan Jensen thirteen million per year, in my opinion. I agree, that's a lot of money, and you might say, well, what's the difference between ten million and and thirteen million? It's just three million dollars. But the problem is, is three million dollars here, John, and three million dollars there on on another contract for another player. I mean, that's six million dollars. That might cost you Jordan Whitehead. Right or Will Golston, I mean th- that's what we're talking about. Is is they don't have money to pay everybody. They just don't. Now can they can they manufacture it? Can they can they keep kicking the can down the road and doing some restructures? Mm-hmm. They can, but the problem is is it's not just about today. It's about planning for the future, John. And I'm not getting into the immunity financial uh, pitch right now. I'm I'm just talking Buccaneers. And and what I mean by that is you mentioned Treston Wirfs. Okay, so that he's already on year three. He's entering year three. Now, the Buccaneers will be picking up his fifth year option. But the thing is, literally in a couple of years, and they might even want to do an early extension just to save some money down the road. Because guess what? I don't think his level of play is going to drop off. I think we're seeing a perennial, not just a perennial pro bowler, but a perennial all pro player in Tristan Wirfs. I've already gone on record saying he's the best offensive lineman in Buccaneer history. And, and that means he's better than ring of honor guy, Paul Gruber. He's better than three-time pro bowler, Tony Mayberry. He just is. He's more talented. The only thing that's going to stop Tristan Werps is a catastrophic injury. And so having said that, this team might be wanting to go down the Vita Vea road, which is, yeah, we're thinking about doing the, the fifth-year option, but we're going to go ahead and do an early extension and, and kind of like pay a little bit more money now, but you're saving money down the road. And so in order to be able to do that, you have to have some, some salary cap flexibility. The, the modus operandi of both Jason Light and Mike Greenberg is it's hard to have more than three offensive linemen on your team make more than $10 million a year. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, and sometimes and right, we go under that, to be honest, but I, yeah, but right. you're right. But, but I mean, th- that's the line in the sand for the Buccaneers, right? And they have mm-hmm. that right now, right? They've got Ryan Jensen at 10. Mm-hmm. They've got Ali Marpet at, at, at over that. And, and so same thing with Donovan Smith. Okay. You need your left tackle. Donovan Smith's not going anywhere. Ali Marpet, like you said, John, Buccaneer for life, I, I'm, I'm guessing. Yep. And so Tristan Werps is going to be the next guy to get a, you know, a $10 million. Right per year deal. And that's coming right. sooner rather than later. Right. And I wish that we didn't have to bring these things up, but we got to stop doing this. We got to, and I love you to death, Tom. Yep. And I love you to death. Everybody in the chat who's agreeing with Tom and says this, but like, this is, you got think for a second, like you think Tom Brady wants to come back and play football and has the desire to put all that into himself at 45 years old and the bucks bring back Godwin and Carlton Davis, whatever, like who we expect, you know, those guys, but you're telling me the Ryan Jensen, at 31 years old, not to be coming the second highest paid center in the NFL by the Bucks is going to be Brady's like, nope, I'm not coming. That's like I love football, <laughs> 22 years, but this is the thing right yeah. here. Like if I don't have this guy, like even I love Ryan Jensen, and I think that that's just absurd. Like 
you can get Bradley Bozeman, who started the last couple of years for Baltimore and been a good center for a fraction of the cost. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen. Jensen is definitely better than Bozeman, but there are centers out there. I mean, David Andrews, who played with Brady for years, was just chilling on the market last year. The Patriots get him back last right. second. Like, He's one of the best centers in the league. Like this happens every year with interior offensive linemen. We have to like Brady is not an idiot. Like this guy's been playing 22 years. He's seen the Patriots go through some centers. Like he knows that this is a replaceable position as good as Jensen is. He's great, but it's not the same as losing a Godwin or a Carlton Davis, where you could be searching for years and years to find a guy that can play. The reality is Jensen is a very good center. You can find a solid center for cheap. And if you have other elite players in your offensive line, the quality of play overall doesn't have to fall off that much. It's a right. bigger loss in a lot of ways, probably in the locker room, but depending on who you get, they could yep. step in there. And also doesn't Marpet and Smith and Worfs, those guys need to be ready to carry that load in the locker yep. room and things like that too. So this, the idea that Brady would be deterred from coming back if Ryan Jensen is on the roster. Yeah. Just... And, and, and Tom, we're not, we're not picking on you. It just, no, the, you're not doing that a lot. And I get and why people right. are saying and it, it needs because, to be addressed. Yeah. Because the importance of the thing, but it's exactly here's the thing too you to consider. How many years, John, has Tom Brady been the highest paid quarterback in the league? In his 22 years. How many uh, years? One, maybe? I don't think it's been many. Zero. Is it zero? Okay. Zero. Why? Why? Because Brady has always known the more the more pie I take up in terms of, of looking at the salary cap like a pie, the bigger slice that I take up is going to be less for the team that's going to be around me. Brady is the ultimate team guy. Mm-hmm. So he knows that the Buccaneers can't invest $13 million in Jensen and you know 17.5 and got something's got to give, right? Yeah. It, it, you, you've got to be able yeah. to, to do that. So I, I think he understands from a salary cap perspective because he's been involved he and his agent Don Yee have been involved in some of those salary cap decisions for years in New England, right? Right. Yep. And, no and so he it. he gets the business side of it, and he understands that. So it's not right. going to be an emotional decision for him. It's going to be a business decision. And Brady knows it's a business more so than anybody because he's been in this business for 22 right. years. Right. And people sometimes think that no Ryan Jensen means a horrible player will be at center. It's, right. I think it's good process to look at Ryan Jensen and say he's 31. He's battled, he's played through injuries the last two years. His style of play in that position tends not to age that well. And if you and if you're going to make him, if you're going to pay him, fine. If you're going to make him basically a market setter type of payday, if you're going right. to give him that when you've already paid a couple other guys, that is bad allocate uh, allotment of resources at some point, yeah. or it becomes a less than ideal allotment of resources, which is what I'm saying. Obviously, sure. I love him back. It's the cost that we're talking about here, and that's where people need to understand. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean that the, whoever you plug in will be a trash center. Those are two separate things. They can say no to re-signing Ryan Jensen, and it be a good process, and they can still go out and get a horrible center to replace right. him, like something yeah. bad, and and that could be a separate bad, like a bad part process right. on that part. It, but chances are, again, that there is a lot of center options out there. It's an easier position yep. to replace than and some it, of these other ones. The other so, thing, I mean, too, is the Buccaneers do have – they've got an in-house option. They they drafted Robert Hainsey right. to eventually you know, play the center position, right? I mean, right. this is a guy that had 31 snaps last year, so is he ready? No. But at some point in time, you got to take the training wheels off and listen, whoever – Whoever is the center, whether unless it's Ryan Jensen, unless they, they do decide to open the checkbook and just pay the guy, if they do go uh, another route, right, and and they don't bring back Ryan Jensen and they bring back a, a cheaper, lesser option at center, but a veteran, you would see Robert Hainsey compete with them, right, and let the best man win. It's not going to affect your salary cap either way, whether your starter is making rookie money and the, the guy that you maybe paid $5 million for is the backup or whether the, the starter making $5 million is the veteran you brought in and Hainsey is a backup for another year. It, it doesn't change things. So sure. I, I could totally see them do that, John. It, it, there's there's a, a part of this that really makes a lot of sense for the Buccaneers, uh, especially with Tristan Wirfs's contract coming down the road because I think Ryan Jensen, listen, this is his last contract. 
He's 31 right now. Right. Whatever he gets in this deal is is going to be the biggest and the best. Mm -hmm. And he, Jason Light made him the highest paid center when he came to Tampa from Baltimore. Okay. So this is it. This is his right. last shot at 31. His his value has never been higher. He's coming off his first Pro Bowl season. He just won a Super Bowl last year. Uh, he, somebody I, will throw that has the space will throw exactly. the money if that's what he yeah. wants. So it's going to be up to him. I've seen plenty of Buccaneer players that have already won the ring that are in this situation take the money, and you mm -hmm. can't blame them. Yeah, no, you can't at all and, and won't. Uh, Long lost Glazer, good question here. How is Jensen with protection calls? Feels like a team with a quarterback and a rookie deal would value his experience higher than Tampa Bay a la Chargers with Corey Lindsley last year. Yeah, this is no question. Ryan Jensen is probably one of the best in the league at handling protection calls. And Tampa Bay asked him to do a lot of hard things in pass protection. I won't get into like a lot of the technicalities of it on here, but they asked him to do a lot of hard things assignment-wise in pass protection. So you know, there would be some tweaking of kind of some of the things they do up front. And obviously this would depend on who replaces them, right? If you get a veteran yeah. to replace them, that we might be familiar with a lot with the terminology, the, the, um, the verbiage of the offense. Okay. You know, if you get a rook, a guy like Haynes, he would be a second season, first time starting at center. There's going to be growing pains with that. As if that is who it ends up being uh, to replace them at center. So more than likely there will be more than one option, um, there's just too many moving pieces to say, but yeah, no question. I think everybody was in a kind of an agreement that the Bucks are more than more likely than not to have some level of drop off at center. The problem yeah. is you can't have it be 100% drop off. You have to have it be right. like a 20% drop off in play yeah. from Jensen. <laughs> and that's what's yeah. on the front office to find more affordable options that can still mm -hmm. give you a good chunk of what Jensen gave you, sure. but for less cost and allows you to be better in other areas right. where you need to pay players you know like the secondary where you haven't paid anybody yet, which is it, an important. You're unit. exactly right. And the thing is, is, is like I said at the top of the show, running back might be Jason lights blind spot, but offensive line play, maybe it's his offensive line roots going back to Nebraska and his college days. That seems to be a position where he has really had some success. Okay. And, and the thing is with Jensen, remember, he was really only a starter in Baltimore for, for one year. And then Light made him the highest paid center in the league, really took a chance on him, right? And and he's been validated. I mean, Ryan Jensen's been a, a dominant center. Uh, one, of, one of our go-to guys at Peter Report, Brandon Thorne, who's, uh, I think, probably the best offensive line guru in the media business, mm. uh, loves the guy. And and there's no bias there. It's, tape speaks for itself, right? And Ryan does, uh, or about Brandon does a great job of, of showcasing that on on Twitter, yeah, and so I trust Jason Light when it comes to the offensive line. And if he doesn't want to pay Ryan Jensen thirteen million dollars, or if he does, I mean, you're bringing back a good player. Are you overpaying him if he does come back at that? Yeah, you are, but yeah, and it's, it's going to affect you in other areas. And so you just got to be exactly. ready to supplement others. I just would yeah. rather not be affected in other areas when you already know your O line's good. You know, you got to be able yeah. to fill in those holes. You can't pay everybody on a unit, right. uh, especially when offensive line play is much more about the play of a comprehensive unit rather than it is having like, you're not going to usually have five individually highly paid stars on your offensive line. Right. You have to be able to I mean, think about the saints, you know, for example, when Max Unger moved on or retired, mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was. Um, and then it became a situation where they had to draft somebody to step in and to replace him. Yeah. And they had to develop that player, you know, Eric McCoy then became that player, but yeah. That was they could not pay every everybody up front was not going to last like that for forever. And then they yeah. made the mistake of paying a good but not great player in Andres Pete, who's frequently hurt, or as right. Pete got older, then he goes on and suffers season-ending injuries. Yeah. And so it's like you need to be careful when you're in a situation like the Bucs. When you're in a situation like the Bengals, or you know, because they have all this cap space, even mm -hmm. though they were just winning the Super Bowl, um, or Miami, for example, like you can afford to take those risks and say, We're just gonna throw money at you because. Right. You know, right now we need to try something, you know, in terms of being able to turn this group around. And well, frankly, they have like Austin Jackson on a rookie contract there and Robert Hunt, mm -hmm. who they want to play like those guys. So they can afford to have one highly paid guy on the offensive line. But the Bucks yes. already have that. That's where it gets tricky. Let's move to Alex Kappa, Scott. Yep. What do you think is the situation with Alex Kappa? PFF has him right now at like a nine point two five per year, nine point two five million yeah. valuation per year. Still pretty steep. It's, it's definitely more doable then Jensen and Kappa's age should play a factor here too because he probably is kind of getting into his prime, what should be his prime years here rather yeah. than coming out of them like Jensen. He's put two really good seasons back-to-back, -back, right? I mean, he had last year, I should say, in, in, 
in 2020, the Bucs Super Bowl season. Believe it or not, he was the only offensive lineman. He did not allow a sack. And that was kind of his, his struggle the previous year in 2019. His first year as a starter was he just didn't have the pass protection down. Mm-hmm. And, and you think, well, he was a former left tackle. He should be a little bit more well-versed in terms of pass protection. It's different when you're moving positions. When you're on an island at the, at the left tackle position working one-on-ones, that's different than being in a phone booth next to a center, next to a right tackle, and having to deal with not just the guy in front of you, but the, the nose tackle who's stunting and crossing your face or the defensive end that's stunting and crossing your face. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge, right? And it took Kappa a year to get that down. He also worked incredibly hard and totally reformed his body. I mean, he looked in 2019 like an offensive tackle playing guard. And uh, as you know, as people within the organization told me, it's like then he he really kind of developed an ass, right? He has worked on his trunk, his lower mm-hmm. body, and he now looks like a guard. Right? The, the lower body was the area he needed to work on: the calves, the thighs, the glutes, um, his just core, and, and it really paid dividends for him in 2019. And and then he, or I should say 2020, then he gets hurt, and you know what? To his credit, he came back, and I thought had a really really solid contract year. And uh, and has put himself in position to make some money. The big question is, how much is guard play valued in the NFL? You're going to see a couple of guards get huge coin in free agency. It always happens. Just like you know, some of the skill position players. Uh, running backs are kind of becoming dime a dozen now. Uh, teams aren't paying running backs. I think there's still teams that are paying for quality offensive linemen. But there's yeah. going to be a couple of guys, and maybe Cap is one of those guys, that are going to get paid in free agency. And then you wait a couple of days and that, that tier two market, that, that B market develops for the guys that didn't get the, the big money. Right. And then they become kind of like the, the decent values. And I think that's where cap is going to be. And so I fully expect the Buccaneers to let him go test his market. Maybe he's one of those guys that gets hooked and he's the big fish that gets reeled in somewhere else. But I think the Buccaneers are kind of crossing their fingers and hoping that maybe it's not nine million, that maybe it's six or seven million, and then he's a much more affordable, much more enticing guy to bring back because then he still fits that mold of on our five offensive line uh, positions, we can only afford to have three guys making ten million or more. So he still falls in that category of being under ten million. And mm-hmm. I, I think you agree with me, John. One of these two is certainly not going to be back. It's either going to be Jensen or it's Kappa. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Scott, if you're asking me right now to bet, I don't think either of them will be back if I'm betting right and, now. And that I, could happen for sure. That would be how I, how I would guess. Um, you might be right about Kappa, and the team might have hoped to bring him back. But I don't know. I mean, he's played it's well a couple of years. Number. Yeah, I know that he broke that ankle in the playoffs, but really he hasn't missed hardly any time act, yeah. actual games in the regular season. That was there toward the end of the year, obviously. So the Bucks been, love him as a person. They do. Yeah, he's, he's a, he's tough, a tough he's son of a right. bitch. They love him. They love his it, style of play. They, they're proud of how he developed. He's a homegrown guy, third round pick. Yeah, and they are. And I think they'd like to bring him back. But again, the cost is going to be a factor here. And unfortunately, there are just not quite as many good guard options as center. So it's a little bit harder to figure this one out. They have yeah. a guy in Stinney. Remember going into last year, they wanted those two to compete. And, you know, for a while, Arians was kind of indicating that Stinney might you know, have a chance to start there. And they still, I mean, Stinney will be a free agent, but that's an easy resign, you know, cheap, yeah. cheap guy who hasn't played that much, who uh, was easy. They brought him back last year. And, you know, they, they obviously can, can, maybe plug him in there and expect him to play you know, decently well, but it won't be handed to Stinney. There'll be competition brought in. There are guys that, again, as we get into some of the free agents here in a minute, we'll mention a couple guys that you, that I think could be maybe options yeah. for them. But well, and, and I will, I will say this. You're right, Jen. Let's just talk about Stinney for a second. Leo, we appreciate the $5 super chat as always. For me, the two more, the two most important free agents on offense are Godwin and Jensen. Kappa can go. Stinney is more than a viable choice to replace him. Here's the thing the Buccaneers have kind of done behind the scenes, and we'll see if it's going to pan out, right? They've developed Stinney, and he's not going to get nearly the type of money that Kappa has because, A, he didn't beat Kappa out, and, B, he only has a couple of games under his belt. And, yeah, one of those was the nice playoff run he had. He did give up a couple sacks, but he still played reasonably well in place of Kappa during the Super Bowl run. But they have Stinney in-house, 
And there's a couple of other guys that are kind of unproven. Now, they're going to keep Hainsey at mm -hmm. center. They drafted him. He was a right tackle at Notre Dame. They moved him inside. But another guy that's an option is Nick Leverett. And he stepped in and got a little bit of playing time in that Indianapolis game. They're high on him. And, and they like his versatility. They played him a lot at left tackle, which was kind of odd in Got the preseason, you know, but he's yeah. a guard. And so I think he, right. he's an option. They've, they've spent time developing John Mulchin. And sometimes these offensive linemen just need time to develop behind the mm -hmm. scenes. And so the Buccaneers have quietly stockpiled some guards that I think that they have some faith in. And you could see a battle royale between Nick Leverett, Aaron Stinney, if he's re-signed, and I think, like you said, John, he would be a, a cheaper re-signing. Yeah. And, and then um, Molchan, as well as Sidarius Hutcherson. And Hutcherson is a guy that, that ended up on injured reserve, got hurt in the preseason, but they really like him, especially as a run-mauling guard. He needs to work on pass protection in his pass sets. But he played at South Carolina, and that's another name to kind of keep in the hopper that they like. So it's not like the cupboard is bare. It's just that no. the experience is bare at guard. Right. The experience is bare. And so, again, there will be some steps back uh, probably in some ways, but it's not a unit-wide disaster. Tackles are most important. And you right. have your tackles and you have them for the long term. Um, you know, you have a star guard in Marpet who is coming off all probably in their last game, one of the best games of his career. And I played against Aaron Donald and really one of the best seasons of his career. And so you are like, this is not a bare cupboard. You're not putting these guys out there next to guys that don't know what they're doing. That's where you see teams run into trouble. Instead, you've seen teams like the Chiefs, for example, in a lot of their ways in the interior offensive line, yeah. plug in rookies, even later round pick rookies like they did this year. The guys who weren't first top 10 picks or first round picks or anything and yeah. still maintain a pretty high level of play, especially on the interior for them this year. Seeing the Packers do it year after year, they've had injuries in the inside. They've lost players. They've plugged in other guys and they've played well because it's a unit thing. It's a coaching thing. It's a scheme right. thing. It's a culture thing. And you can plug in the right pieces and not miss a beat. So I get why people are acting the way that they are because the Bucs are coming off a year in which they were arguably the best offensive line in the NFL when they were fully healthy. Right. But I also don't know that it is the end of the world if these things happen. I think that there will be bumps in the road for sure. But this is a team that can evaluate in the offensive line. They can develop in the offensive line. They've been able to plug guys in and survive before when those guys yeah. have been healthy, whether it's Leverett, whether it's Stinney, even when Wells was healthy for the few moments that he's been healthy and had to right. play over the years. Like Even he's held up okay in, in some games. Um, it's a lot harder to do a tackle. It's easier to do on the inside to find these guys. There are some options. Um, I'd like to keep Kappa if it's possible, Scott. I mean, I know that it's possible. Again, I'll say this a million times. I know they can keep these guys if they want to. It is about the correct and the, the wise allotment of resources. That's what yeah. they have to look at. And we've talked about lots of other position groups. We'll talk about wideouts tomorrow, and that's a yep. big one. That's one you want to sink money into if you're the Bucks offense. Like You want to sink money into that position, even if it means paying two guys top dollar. You want to do that if you're this scheme and this offense looking for to attract a quarterback to come in here. Yeah. But you can have the offensive line with three studs on it and mm -hmm. sacrifice a little bit at center and right guard. You should be able to do that and not yeah. fall off. And if you can't, in my opinion, it's on coaching or the quarterback more yeah. than it is in those you know unless they're just horrible players. Right. Get, and and you mentioned the drafting and development. You know, part of that's finding the right guys, right? That's Jason Light and, and Mike Beal and the college scouts and but it's also Harold Goodwin, right? And it's Joe Gilbert, the offensive line mm -hmm. coaches. They've done a really good job. I mean, look at Tristan Wirfs. Part of his Tristan Wirfs, right? I mean, he's just a phenomenal talent, and he's he's a, a, a comes into to the NFL with a pro mindset out of Iowa. At the same point in time, I mean, Joe Gilbert and Harold Goodwin had to get him ready to face Cam yeah. Jordan without a preseason, right? <laughs> and by all uh, intents and purposes. Uh, he had a Pro Bowl season as a rookie. He just didn't make the Pro Bowl because, you know, he was a rookie. But but mm -hmm. this is a guy that that has quickly ascended to that. And we'll see how Robert Hainsey's development is. Right? I, I think that, that if Jensen doesn't come back, that it will be a 50-50 shot between Robert Hainsey, who was a third-round draft pick last year at Notre Dame, and whoever they bring in to replace him because it's going to be a cheaper option. It's going to be probably a 5 to $6 million guy as opposed to a 10 or $13 million guy. So – I, I think they're gonna they're gonna want to in in the the front office's mind and the coach's mind both those guys are equal right yeah we are, our homegrown invest uh, draft pick invested guy 
and the free agent guy we brought in for experience and right. duke it out in camp and made the best man win. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, let's talk some prospects off this too uh, here in a second, because I think that there's um, some interesting options there as well. But first I got to mention to people that underdog fantasy is the place to go right now. If you're, you're coming out of football season you're like, all right, I, I came out of football season, but I'm still trying to scratch that itch and get myself a little bit of money in my pocket here. Underdog fantasy has got a great opportunity going on with this promo code pewter p-e-w-t-e-r to double your first deposit you can get in there right now and you can do the over under player prop bets that's one of my favorite things to do the pick twos, the pick threes so on and so forth lots going on there but obviously football season over you're looking at nba options nhl options fights all kinds of stuff like that uh is baseball still a thing is that, is that still a when you say baseball what do you mean we'll check We'll check with our sources as to whether I don't the know what, major league baseball. You say baseball, I, I don't know yeah. what you mean. I'm it's a sure game they used to play, yeah, a while ago at least, with a bat and a ball, and that's yeah. all I really remember from it. But Wait, anyway, funny, that's still going on. Yeah, but people say baseball is America's pastime, and I agree, it is pastime. I mean, yeah, football it, is America's sport. Okay, yeah, time passes very yes. slow when you're watching it. I know. It does. Anyway, uh, you can play these over under bets at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, it's a great opportunity, and there's lots of other games you can play over there too. There's tournaments, there's draft leagues you can get into now. Uh, there's draft oriented leagues that you can get into, NFL draft oriented leagues that you can get into now. So it's really cool stuff at Underdog Fantasy, and the app is awesome and easy to use too. So make sure you go over and check that out there. All right, let's talk about. Should we, do you want to talk free agents first? Do you want to talk draft prospects first? Which do you think is more likely? If let's say hypothetically the Bucks lose these guys, yeah. do you think there's some? Okay, we need to get a vet in here. Like I, I like yeah. Leverett, we like Stinney, we like like you said Hainsey, but they're short yeah. on experience. Agreed. Do you think there is some like let's look at the market and find I, I a vet? I think at the center position, centers that are options. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, once you roll through the centers, because I yeah. think that's the position. I I do think that. That if 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 Stinney and not Stinney if uh, if Kappa and Jensen are gone, it is it is a for a certain bet that the Bucks are going to draft an offensive lineman this year somewhere mm -hmm. probably the middle rounds. But I think that's the case because they're going to want to to continue to replenish that again. Jason Lett is a big believer in football is a game one in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. So yeah. yes, I I do think that's the case. But at center, I don't think. This team is ready to just simply anoint Robert Hainsey with all 31 snaps that he took this year. 31. Okay. I mean, he played, he had 10 pass snaps and 21 run snaps in yeah. very limited duty. So I don't think that this team wants to put all of its it, stock in Robert Hainsey, nor should they. Right. So I, that's, I think that's the center exactly position the, yeah. is all is of your stock. Yeah. You don't want to put it in right. Hainsey. You could still 100% believe in Hainsey. But right. you, the reality is you haven't seen enough of them to put everything on them. So you sure. need to. And who's the backup for in case he gets right. hurt, right? So exactly. you're going to have to bolster the center position for sure. So you could go a little bit of a price your option and look at somebody like a Ben Jones from Tennessee, who right now PFF's evaluating if he continues playing. He's an older player at like six point six million per year, around six yeah. million per year for him. Been a good center for years. Does mostly play in his own heavy scheme. Obviously, Tennessee did run the ball a little bit more, but they, I mean, they threw it plenty i mean i don't think it would be a huge change for him so there's some vet option like that that you could pick up i don't think a guy like brian allen from the rams or james daniel from the bears would be good fits i also don't know how good james daniels is um, but I, I don't think they would be great fits in terms of what tampa bay is trying to do offensively those guys wouldn't uh, meld to their game well an interesting name is bradley bozeman who is not mm -hmm. going to break the market center from baltimore um that's I right, think where he's they got, got Jensen them. from. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And remember, Baltimore, some people are going to say, oh, that's a run-heavy offense to a degree, sure, but there's yeah. still an offense that throws the ball a lot. He's played better every year that he's been there. I think he started for he started for most of the last couple of years for them, mm -hmm. at least the last three seasons he's played for them. And he's this was his best year yet. Um, he plays in a gap-heavy scheme that would be similar – to uh the way to what uh tampa bay plays in mm -hmm. he is a grinder he's physical he's aggressive he's the kind of leader to character guy that you want on the offensive line in terms of his make mental makeup so i think that they would see some comparisons honestly with a guy like jensen and potentially want to bring bozeman in again a guy that's experienced smart um good player again there's going to be limitations there with him he's not an elite center but he's a good center who's gotten better every single year and it could be very similar to 
Jensen, where he came off his best year in Baltimore and the Bucs signed him. Um, that's a name I would definitely have circled on my radar if I'm a Bucs fan that, again, could be a fraction of the cost, but could be you know still a, a very good player for them. So he's one that I'd have uh, I'd have circled for sure. Now, I think Ted Karras is another uh, guy from is a veteran for mm-hmm. the Patriots. He's been a backup and a starter. Great character, locker room guy. Um, he's not a gr- elite player, but he's a good player. Uh, again, great would be a great leader for the group and be able to step in there. And you know, again, he's a vet. He's right. going to be pretty cheap. I think he's almost 29 years old. Um, he's he's been a guy that's played a lot over the last couple of years. Can play guard, center, and again, it's going to be a fraction of the cost. So there's some options out there for guys. Uh, that I think would be really, really attractive. Um, I just don't know, you know, what the Bucks' plan is necessarily with that, but I do think they will bring in a vet in free agency if they lose both those guys. They are not going to want to go into that thing just banking on, uh, you know, guys who have not played that much. You know, it doesn't mean that they don't love those guys. It just means they want to bring in some competition, so they will do that. And there are plenty of options out there. You know, there's yeah, yeah, there's uh, again, there's there's a lot of good quality options out there for cheap along the offensive line. And there is every year on the interior offensive line. So right. something the, I think the, people need to think about. The interesting thing is, and you got through talking about some, some free agents, right? The interesting thing about Tampa Bay's offensive line right now is this. Donovan Smith was a left tackle at Penn State. Ali Marpet was a left tackle at Hobart College. Ryan Jensen was a left tackle at Northern Colorado. Alex Kappa was a was a left tackle at Humboldt State. Tristan Wirfs was a right tackle at Iowa, but also played some left tackle at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all five of those offensive linemen have played snaps, and most of them, four out of the five, Wirfs being the exception, started at left tackle. So what Jason Light likes to do is draft athletic linemen and move them inside. We even saw Robert Hainsey, who was a right tackle, move inside to center. Mm-hmm. So because the tackle positions, by and large, are the more athletic positions because they have to play in space. They have to use their athleticism with these uh, edge rushers screaming off, off the, the edge, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's where the Buccaneers look for traits is the guys that, that have the athleticism, that have played some left tackle, and that might not be their position when they make it to the NFL, Ali Marpet wasn't big enough, obviously, but Dammy's been a Pro Bowl guard, you know, same mm-hmm. with Ryan Jensen. So when I look at at guards and centers, right, and I, I think we're looking at maybe a guard You're looking at draft prospects, Kappa. right? Looking at draft prospects right. that right. that that are that I'll, let me say this real quick before you mention names. I agree sure. with you on traits. I think it's so I mean, Tristan Wirfs, Ali Marpet, Donovan Smith were all three tested like great yeah. athletes at their positions, no question about it. But then you have Alex Kappa, who tested mm-hmm. like one of the worst athletes ever at the combine. Yeah. Like he was that bad. And yet a physical, a body t- size, right. athleticism, all of it. He was just terrible. His spider graph is like a dot. Right. But yet the Bucs took him anyway because they believe in the mentality. So I will say yeah. traits are very high on their list. And they love guys who play tackle and they can move inside because they often have those traits. And Kappa did play outside. But I do think the first thing that's most important to him, and he made this mistake maybe with Beninok early on, Mm-hmm. Is he wants to find guys who have that mentality, right? Who want to oh, get yeah. after you, no doubt about destroy it. you. Ryan Jensen, Alex yeah. Kappa, nasty, 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 right? Yep. We've seen Donovan Smith. I, I think Donovan mm-hmm. Smith has probably played his nastiest this year. Yeah. Some I of the mean, blocks yeah, that Donovan had are just nasty. Right. Yeah. Two years I've watched, I've yes. studied and been here. He's been a yeah, yeah. Tristan works nasty. kind of the same way. I mean, he's yeah. he's a nice he guy that'll kick your right. ass now. <laughs> on it's the field, right? Yeah. Right. so there's no question. You're exactly right. Big part of what they look at. And and one one of the guys that that really I think kind of fits that mold is is Cordell Volson from North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. And he played you had right, him in the mock, right? Had him in the mock. He played right tackle. And this is a player that, that when I watched some North Dakota State film, and I watched him in the East West Shrine game because that's where he actually played guard, right? He's I mean, NFL teams aren't dumb. They're like, hey, you you're gonna be an okay tackle, you know, right? But it would only be a right tackle because of the athleticism, right? Is is not top notch. But damn, you've got the mentality to play inside. Plus, you got the size of six seven three thirteen. He just reminded me a lot of Alex Kappa, right? I mean, not not the most athletic guy, athletic enough, but nasty. And man, this guy gets after it in the run game, right? And I think that's where it starts. Is is pass protection can be taught. 
run blocking is more of a mentality. Mm-hmm. It's just kicking the ass of the guy in front of you, right? It's moving the line of scrimmage, and, and, and that's that's where it has to start. That was the appeal with Jensen in Baltimore. That was the appeal, like you said, with Kappa at Humboldt State. Uh, I remember when when uh, Mike Mayock called him the bouncer, right, because he threw guys out of the club. That was the appeal there. So I think that's a name to really kind of keep in mind. Uh, when I'm looking at guards for the draft, I, I look at players that have played tackle. Another one, and, and you know what, he's probably going to be a little too early. His stock's really climbing is Tulsa's Tyler Smith, six foot yeah. six, 332, uh, played left tackle, will probably move inside. He's a guy that that because of his size, because of, of his experience there, he might get a look at tackle, almost like they did with, with Nick Leverett, right? You're athletic enough, we'll look at you at left tackle, but you're probably a guard at the next level. Mm-hmm. And and I, I like the film that I've seen uh, from Tyler Smith. I have seen him. Pro Football Focus has him as 164th ranked player right now, yep. which if you do the math, that's, uh, what, a fifth-round pick? Mm-hmm. But, but then I've seen some – people in the scouting community say this guy is a second round pick, right? Like his stock is on the rise. And it, He's very raw, people. but yeah, the traits yeah. you want are there for sure. Yeah. So if you go that route, I, I think those are great options that you named. Interesting yeah. thing, Scott, is that we're talking about guys who would be later in the draft, not right. early. And some people might say, oh, like if you go into the draft though, and you don't have a for sure thing at right guard and or center, isn't that, shouldn't that be a top priority? Just laying it out for people. Again, doesn't mean they can't yeah. take guard. We're just talking about, we'll talk about guards in a second and centers in a second, but we're just talking about guys who play tackle in college that look to move to guard maybe in the NFL. Right. I'm just looking at the top of the board for most. Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Akeem Ekwonu will not be there for the Bucks. The next couple guys that tackle are Bernard Raymond and Trevor Penning. Everything I've seen, those guys are probably are probably tackles at the next level. So again, not... Same with Daniel Falale from Minnesota. Although, mm-hmm. yes, I know some people might be like, "Is he is he athletic enough to play tackle?" He's six nine, three eighty. I don't think you could put that on the inside. Like it's going to be in the way of everything, including yeah. the quarterback right. being able to see. So, one guy, Darian Kennard from Kentucky, but he comes from a he could be a guard who's plays tackle now. Yep. Big, bruising, get after it type of guy. Uh, very physical, but he did play in a very run heavy offense in college. Right. So, will that impact things? They did throw the ball a little bit more last year i believe but i mean he's been pretty consistently one of the best run blockers in college football so interesting name maybe to have in mind there uh but max mitchell a lot of these guys are going to be tackles Uh, nicholas uh petite ferrer from um from uh, ohio state State, yeah he's going to be a tackle you know so there's not a lot of early on guys are projected to go early there might be tackle to guard luke luke gadecki from central michigan might be a guy that ends up kicking inside to guard Mm -hmm. you know he's he's a player that that um you know, six five, three ten. Is is he? Does he have enough size to play outside? Very much like Robert Hainsey, right? He played all of his snaps. Right. Like he, he played one snap at, at guard, if my memory serves me, and in the, the vast majority of his snaps have come at right tackle at Central yeah. uh, Michigan, and and he played it, you know, opposite a very good left tackle at Central Michigan. But that might be a guy that kind of kicks inside to guard, and you know, we'll just have to see. But at six five, three ten, you know, he's not six seven. Like some of these other offensive linemen, six six are so you know we'll we'll have to see, but that's another guy that that could end up being a, a, a guard option. Yeah. And, and yeah. keep in mind too, it, it, the Bucks like to have these swing tackles, right? A mm-hmm. guy that can play multiple positions. So if you have the size, and that's why we're looking at tackles because you know uh, you want to be able to have, maybe have a guy in a pinch go outside. Josh Wells can play guard, and he can also play tackle. That's the value of being a true swing guys have the size to play both. Right. And we'll see how free agency plays out for the Bucs. That'll determine how open they are with their board. But right. right now, I think they'll be pretty open to taking best player available and not really pushing for a need. Yeah. Similar to last year, just have more options in terms of we can actually draft this guy and he'll have a role slash plays on our roster if we right. take him in the first round. Yeah. Whereas last year it was like we could draft like two positions where a guy might play some, you know, and yeah. that was kind of it. So this year I think it'll be more open. Name to keep in mind, again, moving now to guys who are projected to be guards and were mostly guards in college. I say mostly because I haven't watched this guy's tape yet, but I plan on watching him and writing about him soon. Kenyon Green from Texas A&M yeah. played all four, every offensive line spot except for center while he was at Texas A&M. Right. This past year, for example, 81 snaps at left tackle, 408 snaps at left guard, 106 at right guard, and 142 at right tackle. 
He has played right guard, full seasons at right guard and at left guard before that. So he's played both guard spots as well. Yeah. Um, I think when you talk about guys that fit what they want, there's the position versatility that you mm-hmm. have with a guy like Kenyon Green. There's also the size, 6'4", 325. Bucks will you know, go either way with size. It's not necessarily the biggest deal to them, but when you come, couple that with testing like he's expected to put up uh, right. for Texas A&M, could be a very interesting prospect who might be on the board right around the 27th pick. We'll see what happens with interior offensive linemen. But he and Zion Johnson from Boston College, who are typically thought of as the top two guards in the draft, both of those guys have a chance to be on the board right there when the Bucs pick. That's kind of the sweet spot right now. We've got a long way to go until the draft. So it's very possible. I don't know if that position will be the highest priority for the Bucs or if they'll like the guys they have in the roster enough where they don't feel like they want to use a first-round pick on it. But if they love these players – might be hard to pass those guys up. They could get the top guard on the board the way that yeah. the draft has fallen for a lot and a lot of mocks I look at. Well, and the other thing too is, again, they might be looking at guards, but they might be looking at a, a tackle that they can move into guards. Trevor Penning, the the guy from um, from Northern Iowa. What were your thoughts on him? Because he was at the Senior Bowl, right? And and people kind of going into the, that Senior Bowl thought he might be the guy that kind of blows up. And I thought he did okay. I don't think he hurt his stock, but I'm not sure that – Talk about you know, Zion. No, uh, Trevor Penning, the University oh, Trevor Penning. Of, gotcha. of Northern uh, Iowa. Yeah. Um, yep. the, the small I thought he was guy. okay as well. Yep. Yeah, okay. he's okay, right? Uh, There's traits there clearly, yeah. but also. 6'7", 321. Right. Uh, he, he could be on the board because he didn't exactly light it up in Mobile. He could be one of those options right there. And, and listen. You think I, he I, could play inside or? I don't know. That that's that's the thing. Most teams see I, him as a tackle. But. I think so too. Yeah. Right. And and it just depends. I, I'm sure there's some teams that thought Robert Haynes could play guard, and and some teams that thought he could play center. Some teams that yeah. maybe viewed him as a right tackle. Sometimes the offensive linemen are the beauties in the eye of the beholder. He has mm-hmm. the size to play tackle for sure at six seven three twenty one, and that's where he's played. But at this at the same time, if he's there. In your Tampa Bay, and he's a real quality guy that is again has played left tackle, and, and you yep. might have a, a vacancy at right guard. Yep. Does he kind of follow that Alex Kappa mold and, and kick inside? Yeah. Could be. We'll see. I mean, teams like him, but he led college football in penalties last year. I saw. So yep. that'll be something. Again, you like it in some ways. He's a, rough a lot of those are after. Yeah. He's kicking. He's a hooligan. Right. If I now, if I can say this, Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Again, if we're talking later in the draft. Yeah, get another body in there to develop in case these other guys don't work out. Right, improve the depth at the position. Get guys to challenge for the backup spots. Mm-hmm. He could be a guy that's an option. Six six three zero one from Chattanooga. I don't think he's six six. What did he come in at? No. He like looks. At, they list him six six here. Right? He was <laughs> yeah. not that big. Not necessarily that big. Good athlete needs to put continue to bulk up and put on weight. But man, yeah. he had a lot of fight in him. I mean, he oh, got yeah. ran over by Travis Jones once or twice. Yep. But he also stood his ground a few times mm-hmm. against Jones and other guys inside for a guy who did not look like a very big offensive right. lineman. So he could be an option too, kind yeah. of a stinny like build, I think. That you you, you mentioned Zion Johnson from Boston College, and he was the best offensive lineman, I thought, in Mobile just from mm-hmm. the film that I watched and, and the game itself. He was, yes. Yeah, and so that might be an option. We did have a question in the chat about Dylan Parnum from from Memphis. Uh, he's small. light. They're small. <laughs> 6'3", 280, yeah. 285. I, I think that – Jason Light likes those bigger offensive right. line. I just want to quickly mention Shaggy, even though it's off topic, $20 super chat. Thank you, Shaggy. Off topic. If Ronda gets snubbed next Amen year, we ride. That. We say this every year, but we should ride if that happens. Yeah. But it probably will. We'll see. Yep. Um, okay. So we've run through some good options, I think, in the draft market at guard, in the options at guard. Now, center is a lot yeah. trickier. For example, the Bucs are talking about taking a guy who played all of his snaps in college at right tackle and playing him at center potentially next year, potentially as a starter. Yeah. So how do you project for that, a move from tackle to center? I mean, typically you look for some physical measurements that might suggest a player's uh, maybe not as long or not as quite as uh, twitched up on the outside to play tackle. Arm length obviously matters to teams, but it can be difficult to project the move all the way to center. Sometimes you see tackle to guard, but all the way to center from tackle doesn't happen that often. So – this one might be tricky. Let's just mention his name. There are very mixed results right now out there on Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. Some yeah. people think he's the best center prospect ever I've seen said. Yeah. Other people don't think he's that good. They think he gets pushed around too much on tape. Yeah. He is a smaller center. Some yes. of the Jason Kelsey mold. He does have mm-hmm. the nastiness from what I've seen, no question. 
He pinned Tristan Wirfs in high school at the wrestling match, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. He is Tristan would vouch for him. Tristan would yeah. love to see another Hawkeye here for sure. Right, but it is the Iowa right. thing. It is the Big Ten thing. It is obviously the connection with the school that they feel. And the question is, does Linderbaum make it that long? It is very difficult. First of all, centers fall all the time. Centers go down the board all the time. They do. I mean, Travis yeah. Frederick was end of the first round. I don't know yeah. if people would call him a fall. A lot of people thought that was a reach. He ended up being one of the best centers of all time for Dallas, but it was the end of the first round. So I'm not saying – because of that situation happened, this will happen. I'm just right. saying that's a position that you might only have two teams in the first round who feel like they need a center or want to spend a first mm-hmm. round pick on one. And if they like somebody else on the board, that guy could be a beast and he's falling down the board. So that could right. be what you have happen with Linderbaum and we'll see how that goes. But if it happens would be interesting. I think I've even seen him mocked around that range. I might've even seen a mock or two have him as a Buccaneer. There are some other good option options later, but right now Linderbaum, I haven't seen anybody put any other center in this draft and the conversation with him as, as yeah. maybe one of the top guys in the class. The other thing too is, is again, it's like uh, just, just like with, with the quarterback position, we talked about this on Monday, the bucks have a second round draft pick invested in Kyle Trask. It's not a high second round pick. It's not like the 34th overall pick, but it's still a second round pick and you don't know what you have in him, right? Yep. Does it make sense to draft a center in the first round when you just drafted a center in the third round? You don't know what you have in the third rounder. Now, maybe the third rounder is a third rounder, and the first rounder is going to play like a first rounder. And Linderbaum is a guy that steps in as a day one starter and gets the job done. I don't know, but I'm just saying it would be a little odd for for Jason Light to double up at a position uh, uh, that that you can only play one. Right? You can only play one quarterback. You can only play one center at a time. It's not like you know. In our first mock draft, we had uh, Arnold. Uh, uh, Ebiketti, right, from Penn State, and you mm-hmm. consider and say, okay, you, if Jason Pierre-Paul doesn't come back, whether Tim or Jermaine Johnson, whoever, if you get another edge guy to come in and he could see the field, right, as a rookie with with a, a three-person rotation with Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon-Schoenke, and, of course, Anthony Nelson's in the mix, but Nelson's entering a contract here. So you could make the case for, yeah, we're drafting a, a, an edge in the first round. I don't think it's going to happen, but – but he could see the field, right? He's going to get on the field. That's not the case necessarily at the quarterback position, right? You're not going to draft a, a quarterback this year when you drafted a quarterback last year. And if you're not going to play Trask this year, you're sure as hell not going to play your rookie quarterback this year. Uh, so I, I just don't see that happening unless they don't like Hainsey and they love Linderbaum, and that's the case, then, then maybe you could see it. But whoever's going to be the first-round pick this year, is going to have to be a starter. And that's why we we put Traylon Burks from Arkansas, and he may not even be there either, but they could draft a wide receiver in the first round. It is hard to tell. Yeah, it is hard to tell who's going to be where. I mean, this draft is bizarre. Like, again, this is what I'm kind of getting at here, Scott, is if Tyler Linderbaum, if the Bucs are one of those teams, right now I'm talking mostly analysts, but I'm sure I think teams feel the same way. Some teams are going to love Linderbaum. Some teams are going to have him, like we wouldn't take him in the first round, especially in that position. And if the Bucs are one of the teams that are like, oh, we need a center, like this guy's the one of the right. best centers we have graded out, and he's there, it's going to be hard even if they like Hainsey. Maybe they say, okay, Hainsey, you, you could play guard just yep. as easily as you could probably yep. play center, and you That's don't have to true. worry about snapping. You know, like yep. it could and, be enough yep. that they like him that they would be willing to like change plans with him. That's You're exactly right. If, if that was the case and they loved him and he happened to slide and he's there, then they say, we got we got our our uh, our starter, right? And right. maybe we move Hainsey to – to uh to guard and maybe he's a candidate there we put him in the battle royale with the stinnies and the mulchins and the leverets etc and the hutchersons but it might be a thing too where you're looking at now you've got two centers now yeah. now, now your, your depth is solid there you've got right. two guys that can play so yeah it's true and there's nothing wrong with having the depth and if they find it in the draft great i'm not even necessarily pushing for them to draft anyone right. If they could get some of the free agents we talked about in, you know, yep. a Bozeman, somebody like that, I'd feel fine going into the season. Like they, sh- those guys should be enough to not be porous at those spots. It's gonna, the, the, again, we talk about offensive line, and I we giving you so many options that I think could be replacement. Someday they could be better than it, certainly than a cap at least. You know that could be a uh, part of it. But and Matt 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 says Hainsey can't keep skipping leg day. I don't think you'll have to worry about Hainsey skipping anything, to be honest with you. Like yeah. this dude is fanatical. I think that's how Jensen described him yeah. about football. So he, did, he does have some twiggy he legs. He did. But, but, he, but I, I think they were that's thicker by change. the end of the year. But even by yeah. camp, I felt like he. Yeah, I think that's. So 
yeah, I, 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 I think this team's developed offensive linemen. Well, I, again, you, I'm not saying anybody in this team is going to be Jensen, not saying that it's just about cost efficiency. And right now I think that's a place on their team where they need to be able to go with and find cheaper options or yeah, cheaper options within the draft or free agency or on their current roster. And they need to be right. able to plug in some of those guys and still get above average play while excelling at the other three spots, or at least two of the other three and being very good at Smith's spot. That's what needs to happen, I think. Well, the Buccaneers are not shy when it comes to investing in offensive linemen, right? They, they're just not. Uh, they've, they've drafted well. They've drafted starters. There's a couple of guys in, in the hopper, Hainsey being the latest one, that Jason Light drafted a third-round draft pick, and we've talked about some guys. They might, they might invest some more draft capital in, John, uh, this year, especially if they don't fill both of those holes in free agency by either re-signing Kappa and or Jensen or finding a replacement. But when it comes to investments, folks, there's one place to turn, and that's our friends over at Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I said all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Folks, Immuni Financial has helped me plan ahead and stay ahead. That's a fact. And I highly recommend you doing what I did, and that's calling Immuni Financial and setting up a free, no-obligation consultation with their financial experts. Because managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, let Immunity Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call, 1-800-868-6864, or visit them on the web at immunity.com. That's M-U-N-I, A-M-U-N-I.com. Tomorrow might be the pod people are waiting for, Scott. We got wide receivers and tight ends on the docket to talk we about. Do. I believe Matt and I think Casey are going to be on the pod with me tomorrow. So we got lots to talk about, a yep. lot of ground to cover. Chris Godwin will We'll start off the show talking some Chris Godwin, so make sure you're in here around four because we've got actually some things we've heard to talk about with Chris Godwin as well yeah. as some reports that are starting to bubble up out there. We wrote some of that too at PeterReport.com yeah. today. You can check out some of those most recent thoughts. Some, uh, we, some late breaking news when it comes to Godwin is that uh, the Buccaneers have had some preliminary talks, but they're not close to a deal. Typically, what I've noticed from the Buccaneers – is when it comes to re-signing their own guys, these deals really start to come to fruition around the combine. That's where the agents meet with Jason Light and Bruce Arians and Mike Greenberg and Jackie Davison, and that's kind of where things really start to heat up. So it's it's really preliminary talks. Sometimes deals get done early, right? They got to be the Bay is done early, but I think when it comes to the free agent class on deck right now, the Bucks are doing the, their they're planning behind the scenes, setting their free agent boards about who they want, getting with Greenberg and looking at the cap fits and, and where the, the lines in the sand are at, at these certain positions. So I expect that the talks will heat up at the combine. Now the combine, John, this year is not in February. It's it's in March. They've kind of they keep pushing it back. So you're going to be out at the combine along with, with Matt Matera. And, uh, and that's where the action is going to happen. So Chris Godwin's deal looks like it's going to get down to the wire. That's not uncommon. No Buccaneer fans fret sometimes, but you and I mm -hmm. both believe he's going to stay in Tampa. It might not mean mm -hmm. that he's not going to test the free agent market. Maybe he right. will, but I would expect him to either get a deal done on the eve of free agency or during that two-day window where mm -hmm. he and his agents can solicit offers from other teams but I suspect that by the start of free agency on what is that the 16th? Yeah. I think that's when we'll see a deal with Chris Godwin. Just, just my, my guess. All we Glazer says, give Jensen the immunity link and tell him we expect a 6.25% discount given his expected rate of return. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> good stuff there. Uh, yeah. I have thoughts on the Godwin thing tomorrow and why he, the bucks might be more willing to let him hit free agency now that he, 
is has this injury situation. Whereas if he hadn't been injured, I think this would yeah. have been done. Um, in my personal opinion, of course, yeah. I can't usually that, when, <laughs> when deals happen before free agency occurs, it, the, the main ingredient for that to have to happen is both sides want to get the deal done. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. And that's if Chris. Right. If Chris Godwin truly case, wants yeah. to see what his market value is, it could go a day or two into free agency, mm -hmm. but and usually. Yeah. And as yeah. I'll talk about tomorrow, I was just going to say the bucks might want to see him hit the market too. Let's say he's asking, you know, okay, this and the bucks like, yeah, we, we think yeah. that you we can get that number a little bit lower if you hit the right. market and you see the fact that yeah, dude, torn ACL, you know, is mm -hmm. not going to get that much, you know, love on the on the market comparing, right. especially considering how the market went at wide receiver last year. So they may be willing to to take that bet at risk if you're the box. Sure, I think they'd all both sides would prefer to lock it up beforehand. Godwin can say whatever he wants to Jeremy Fowler. I'm excited yeah. to test the waters. Everybody's going to say everybody. Your agents yeah. told you. Yeah. Jay Barrett said that exactly right. Jack Barrett, and then yeah. after he's like, "I never even listen to other teams." It's like, right. all right, you know, told like, me agent to get it done in Tampa, right? Right. Yeah. So I uh, will see what happens. You know, we'll see. But again, I think that uh, he's right now. It's a leverage. It's leverage play in most comments to the media. So take everything with a grain of salt. Exactly. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll talk about the wide receiver three spot tomorrow. What a disaster that was most of oh, last yeah. season, and yep. how that cannot continue. And, and, and resources also, need to be poured in John? to make sure it doesn't. Tight ends, right? I mean, as, as it stands right now, right? Yeah. You're looking at at Cam Braid and For Cody cheap. Cody McElroy being the only yeah. tight ends on the roster right now. Right. So the how do they address tight ends? Look at the free agent yeah. situation at tight ends. Big See show what's tomorrow. out there for them. Yep. Lots to talk about tomorrow on the show. Spread the word. Tell your friends and family and all your loved ones. This is the place to be. Hit the thumbs up button on the way out of here if you could. We greatly appreciate that. Share the link. Tell the people this is where the good stuff's at this week. Tomorrow, wide receivers, tight ends on the podcast, offseason outlook. And I can't wait to talk about some of the draft prospects because I've actually watched a lot of the wideouts now at yep. this point. I wrote about some of them today, yep. but I have thoughts on more of them for tomorrow. So going to be very excited about that. Subscribe to the Pewter Report TV YouTube channel. Hit the like button as well. For Scott, I'm John. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.